I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or are cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. In this episode, Victoria shares her journey to becoming a wedding photographer, from learning photography in high school and second shooting a few weddings to finally making the leap to becoming a lead shooter, Victoria shares the ins and outs of building a successful wedding photography business. You can find her on Instagram at Victoria St. Martin, that's Saint spelled out, S-A-I-N-T, and on our website, VictoriaStMartinPhotography.com. Please enjoy my conversation with Victoria St. Martin. Well, we're live. Awesome. Victoria, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, it's, we were talking about earlier, but like I have, I don't remember how I stumbled upon your page, but I, I do follow a lot of wedding photographers and coincidentally, I just completed my first wedding yeah. um, this last weekend in Milwaukee. I know, um, So this episode is kind of for selfish reasons, actually. <laughs> well, um, I'm happy to be here. Selfish <laughs> on my part too, so. Um, and uh, the way most episodes go, it's kind of like a chronological story of your your journey mm-hmm. um and it'll end with the things you do to cultivate a sense of fulfillment in your industry so to give people some some background you're a chicago wedding photographer yeah. can you bring it back to the beginning and uh share where in the photography realm you started and and all that yeah absolutely um, so I probably picked up my first, I ha- I always had like a point and shoot camera growing up. I think my cousins gave me like my first point and shoot camera mm-hmm. and I don't know, I was like, you know, 2000s, early 2000s teen, teenagers would do, <laughs> we would take mirror pics and like the pictures that are totally on the angles yeah. of the camera and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't actually think of photography as like this serious thing until, um, I was actually 13 and my, um, middle school art teacher like assigned us this project to pick a career in art, um, and just like run with it. So it was very open-ended. A lot of people chose photography thinking it would be so easy, um, instead of like making a painting or other things like that. Um, they just had to take some photos and print them out and put them on a poster board. Um, and meanwhile, like I was actually pretty interested in photography. So, um, I took out my little point and shoot and I started photographing all these different types of photography, like landscape and I don't know, models or whatever, but it was nothing like, it was just like middle school art, right? Um, But she was the first teacher that actually told me that I could make a career out of being a photographer. And I just like remember hearing that and it like sparked something in me. Um, And my dad was actually also very interested in photography around the same time as I was like discovering this. And he kept asking me, he's like, is this something you want to do? Do you think you're going to take classes in high school? Stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, dad, like leave me alone. And, um, turns out that my parents got me a camera, like a, my first DSLR. Oh, I know for in uh, high school, my, yeah, my middle school graduation, oh like my going God. into high school. So very, very fortunate. 
Um, I am very supported by my parents overall. Um, but yeah, they got me like my first, it was like Canon, uh, rebel T one I. So like super old now, but like it was amazing. You still have it? Um, actually, no, I broke it. (laughs) It fell off the tripod when I was doing self portraits in college. So uh, I had to upgrade. Um, Loved the camera, though. (laughs) But um, then I, yeah, then I went on to take some classes in high school. I did a lot of film photography in high school Mm. and in college. Um, And then I actually went into uh, thinking I was going to be more of a painter when I was going into um, college. My sister is also very much in the arts, and uh, she's an art teacher right now. Um, and she went to Illinois State University to go to art education as they have a really good education program. And I was like, yeah, I'm 17. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know where I want to go. Like, that sounds good. I'm just going to go to ISU too. I'm going to follow my sister's footsteps and be an art teacher. And within one semester, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be an art teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, as much as I love kids, I don't think I could go to school every day and deal with like just bratty little kids all day. Okay. Um, so yeah, I quickly realized that was not for me. Um, and I took my first, uh, film class in college. Mm -hmm. Um, it was my second semester and I just like remembered how much I loved all of it. Um, and yeah, so I just I switched my major over to photography. Um, and from there, oh God, it went from so many ideas bouncing in my head, like how mm. am I gonna make a career out of this? Yeah. Um, so it started off with, oh, I think I wanna be a wildlife and like travel photographer. Um, and I do think a lot of photographers actually kind of start off thinking this way because they see like Nat Geo and yeah. all of these beautiful. Well, there's something appealing about travel. And totally. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I get paid to travel. Amazing. So, yeah, there's definitely an appeal to it. Um, and I took a wildlife course out in Yellowstone. Oh, what? I know. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved it, but I quickly realized it was not for me. Um, so with wildlife and like, um, nature and landscapes and stuff like that, it's a lot of alone time. Gotcha. It's a lot of being quiet and waiting in one spot and me with extreme ADHD. (laughs) That is not for me at all. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm kind of bored sitting in this one spot waiting for a bear to walk by, like maybe. Um, and they did and we got photos of them and it was really cool and it was happening, but it was a lot of waiting around for that one really cool moment. And even then, like my teacher out there was like explaining to me how hard it is to like make money doing this. Cause like you pay for your trips on your own dime, you pay for your accommodation on your own dime. And then, yeah, maybe you sell one photo for $2,000. Amazing. No, not really. Cause your flight was like 3000 to Africa or something like that. So So you're still at a loss. Okay. Yeah. So, um, obviously with anything you can make money out of it and there's just a lot of hustle that has to like come behind it. But I think there's also a lot of love that needs to be behind it. And as much as I love traveling and animals and that sort of thing, I love people a lot more. Mm. I like making connections. So, um, yeah, that was the death of that dream for me. Um, I love traveling on my own, but I will not be doing it for work. Um, or at least photographing it for work. And you were in the middle of college during this trip? Yes. Okay. I think I was like a sophomore in college. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Or like going into junior year, I think. How'd you even come like 
across this opportunity? Um, I just started researching online. Wow. I was like wildlife photography workshops. And okay, I'm, okay. I'm very much a person that needs to be taught things. Like I'm not a YouTube learner. Okay. I'm not an online learner type of thing. I need to be like hands-on. Hands-on, yes. Yeah. Hands-on with somebody like teaching me their ways of doing things. And then me maybe like striving from that and like sure. learning my own way After of some doing foundation, it. right? Yeah. Exactly. So okay. like that's why I'm... I very much believe in workshops and stuff like that just because mm. I know that that's the kind of learner that I am. Um, so yeah, I went on Google and just started Googling stuff and um, I found this teacher that does some in Alaska and Yellowstone and Costa Rica, that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, like I could make a, I think it was like a spring break trip out mm. to Yellowstone to do this. And it was, yeah, it was very informative and I think I learned a lot about myself in that trip. Sure. Um, yeah, and I learned I just didn't want That's to do amazing. that. That's amazing. When most people would probably go down to Florida or wherever and just yeah. like kick off spring break there. And you're like, no, totally. I'm going to hang with the bears. Yeah, I also grew up traveling like a lot. So yeah. I've been to a lot of different places and um, kind of fell in love with that aspect of traveling. And that's also why I thought like that was a good fit for me in the end. But, sure. Um, so yeah. you realized you gravitate towards people. Yes. So what, yeah, were there any other workshops that came after that? Or like, how did you start going into that world? Yeah. So then I was actually still kind of at a loss, not totally sure what I wanted to do with my degree that I was earning. Mm. Um, what, and was it a specific degree or just photography? Yeah. No. So I actually applied, um, I think my sophomore year, so kind of a formative year that year mm. um but it was my sophomore going into junior year of college i applied to um the bfa program which um was the bachelor of fine arts versus getting like a bachelor of arts or a bachelor in science um okay. so it was just way more art focused sure. um than it was in the other like language or science okay. um, realms so yeah, it was within my art program already, and you had to, like, apply into it, and you had to um, do a portfolio review mm. and an essay and some other stuff that I honestly can't remember right sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but it was kind of a big deal, and I, I love fine art photography. I love fine arts in general. Mm. All of my um, projects that I did in college, a lot of them were mixed-media-based, whether it's, like, photography, and I sewed on top of my canvases, like, with photos. Um I was very experimental in my uh, dark room and developing of, in film stuff. So I really loved experimenting in art. Um, so I kind of started falling in love with fine art. Mm. And um, it's interesting because as much as I loved my education at Illinois State, um, I feel like the program based a huge amount of fine art focus instead of like practical world focus mm. on art, you know, like how to make be a successful artist sure. after you graduate yeah um and they taught you ways to do that as a fine artist to like apply to residencies and stuff like that but not as like commercial stuff okay um so yeah i i wonder I, applied, is, I wonder if there's like a grad program for that um at, i mean it would have been ideal to see it in undergrad right but right. Maybe, i don't know maybe and there probably is yeah. um and i think i think it's just like as a painter you have to be like kind of a fine art painter or something like that right or like um i don't know as a printmaker it's just like that all lies under the realm of fine arts whereas Mm. like photography i think can be a little bit more commercial absolutely yeah and our school just didn't focus on that part of it okay um so yeah i applied to the bfa program and i remember um writing in my paper I don't just want to be a wedding photographer or something like that. Mm. Um, which I like cringe at myself thinking about writing. That. <laughs> but 
Because I just Here love we are. what I do so much now. So I'm like, exactly. It's and like, and why, why is that? Did you not want to pigeonhole yourself or what? It what? was just like, it was viewed as like selling out. Really? In a way. Yeah. It just, it's like, oh, you couldn't make it as a fine artist. It's almost like, you know, those who can't do teach or whatever. It's like those who can't make it as a fine artist end up going into commercial. Being a wedding photographer ain't easy though. It's nice. <laughs> and it's like... There's, I don't know, and we'll talk about it, but there's so much fulfillment I get from it. And again, like being with people, and I also feel like maybe some artists are a little bit more introverted. Yeah. Where, like, you know, they like to be in the studio all day and stuff like that. And even in the BFA program, I had my own studio space. And so many people utilized it so much and were painting in there all day. And I was just in there to like, it was extra storage for me. Because like all the equipment I needed for photos in the basement. I also liked being around people. Like I didn't mm. want to just like, be hauled up in the studio all the Mm -hmm, time um so yeah so then i thought i wanted to be a fine artist for a while and um although i i really do love that part and i you know now i almost wish i had more time to like just experiment and do more fun you know creative projects um on my own I I also realized that that is a lot of time alone, a lot of, mm. you know, not talking to people, a lot of quiet galleries and stuff what, like that. What were you taking pictures of in, in Under the Realm of Fine Art? Um, so actually, I, I focused a lot on mental health. Um, oh. So it was like portraits and stuff like that, but I, I did a whole series on depression. I did um, an entire series on mental health that um, I actually like sewed in the brain scans of like what what, I know it's I'll have to show you it's really I think it's like one of my top projects that I ever made I think it's the work that I'm probably most proud of um from that era in my life but um yeah I use like needle felt and I did a lot of research and I it's probably not accurate I'm not a scientist or a doctor but I did a lot of research to see like the different colors of what your brain scans would look like um in a yeah MRI fMRI yeah functional MRI yes um for people who have ADHD um depression anxiety um OCD stuff like that yeah um so yeah I took their portrait I took a little bit like a statement from them talking about you know living with um their disorder and I was one of them I have ADHD so I I put myself in the project and um did some mixed media that way so wow yeah so a lot of like deep work and I also like it was a lot of introspective work too I looked a lot into um just my own feelings of growing up that's a lot that's probably one of the aspects I like about photography and it's a skill set to pull that out of someone to to create a space safe enough for them to open up in yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that was, yeah, I really, and again, I really love that work, but again, it was a lot of alone time and stuff mm. like that. So, um, and me just being an extrovert and a people person, I wanted something else. And then I found and met um, my now great friend and business partner, uh, Mackenzie Bigliazzi, um, who was a wedding photographer, and she was in the grad program at my school. Um, for education and um, she was making it as a wedding photographer and I thought wow how cool like I've seen this before while she was in grad in grad school yeah in grad school yeah Um, yeah she does it all (laughs) um, yeah so I was just like I remember watching her and being like wow this is so cool and just like stalking her Instagram stories and stuff like that and I'm like I want to like actually give this a shot Um, and I think actually my first wedding I shot before that it was again during my sophomore year and it was I think I told you before, but it was six hours for $50 and dinner. And it was like a friend of mine. So it was like, I didn't want to charge. And I, 
was not a wedding photographer. I didn't totally know what I was up to back then. So is, it, um, is this something that they offered or you reached out to like, hey, can I shoot your wedding? No, they reached out asking if okay. I could do it. Um, and then they asked me what I charge and I just like clammed up. So I was like, oh, like you're a friend. I won't charge and you. This and is probably like, no, something like, you're guiding people on right now. Yes. <laughs> um, which like, yeah, don't do not do it for free unless you're just starting out and need the portfolio work. Right, right, yeah. right. If no one's knocking at your door, then maybe you're not you know, worth what you're asking. Exactly. And like, yeah, it, I felt like it was great for me because like I got to like see my friend get married. I got to like capture that moment in her life. Um, but it was also like, I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. I didn't love it because it was kind of stressful. I didn't know what I was doing yet. Wow. Um, but yeah, when I saw my friend Mackenzie doing this, I was like, wow, like I think I want to like try this again. Oh, um, okay. So then I think I graduated I can't totally remember the timeline, but I shadowed a wedding that was like my friend's cousin. Um, and they asked the photographer, is it okay if like our friend, our family friend, um, shadows you? She's an aspiring photographer and she just wants to see like the behind the scenes. So you didn't, did you bring your camera at all or? I did. Okay. Um, she had said it was okay. And I shadowed the wedding and I kind of fell in love with like the happiness. It was also like people that I knew. So it was like, I was kind of part of the celebration too. Um, and then that photographer um, called me her competition and was like, almost like being rude to me the whole day. And I was like, you said it was okay for me to be here. Like, I'll back up. I'm not trying to get in your shots or anything. Um, she, she was a little bit of a, like a old school photographer. Like just, I don't know. I think she had been doing it for a while and felt a little bit jaded and stuff like that. And then like, Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what her feelings were about it, but, um, Yeah, I kind of felt like, oh, God, I'm not wanted here. (laughs) Um, And then um, from there, I started second shooting um, with my now good friend. She just posted on Instagram asking, like, oh, like, I'm looking for a second shooter for, like, a bunch of dates in the summer. Um, With, uh, for those of you who don't know, second shooting um, on a wedding day, usually there's a lead photographer and then, like, an assistant. um, And we call that a second um, just because they're there throughout the whole day, like getting those, um, like kind of more intimate shots or shots that the lead photographer just can't be at because mm-hmm. obviously one person can't be at two places at once. Um, same as like when the couple's getting ready, usually they're in different places. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to have two people. Um, so yeah, I was a second photographer for an entire season and I had a couple of my own weddings booked. Um, again, just kind of like family, friends and stuff. Was it, was it hard getting those second shooter opportunities? That one wasn't actually, she just like posted on Instagram and I reached out and I'm like, Hey, I'm a recent grad. This is my work. I've shot, I've shadowed this one wedding. Um, I know what I'm doing behind the camera. I just don't know what like wedding days actually entail. And we had like a little Zoom call together and she's like, yeah, no, like we'll just, we'll see how it goes. Um, we booked the first job together. She liked working with me and then we did the entire season together. Wow. So I, it's not that I was like looking for jobs like here and there because she just like lined up my calendar, which was that's, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It usually does work out like that. Like there yeah. are like Facebook groups for second shooting, but like mm-hmm. they're so all over the place, even in the Midwest, right? And it's like, you really, I think it starts with like, do you gel with each other as a person? Yes. So once you find that, then everything kind of just falls into place. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's how I work with my second shooters now. Like I have, um, and I'll probably talk about her a little bit later on, but like my preferred second shooter right now is one of my associates, Stephanie. And we just like work so well together. It's like we complement each other in the best ways. And we also can just like, 
gab like during yeah. dinner and right. stuff like that. So it's kind of nice. Um, whereas like I've worked with people who are very skilled, but if I don't vibe with them, it also kind of sure. feels like a drag to like not be able to like hang out and like chat in those like in between moments. It's yeah. just kind of like forced conversation sometimes. Um, so yeah, like finding somebody that you vibe with well is really important too. And just who knows the way that you work. Yeah. So I feel like every once in a while there's dates that like your preferred second can't work. And that's when you throw them out in the Facebook groups and that's when you gotcha. get somebody. Um, so yeah, so she had me on for an entire season and I shot a couple weddings on my own um, that year. And then the following year, I just started like marketing my work that I second shot. Yeah. So as my own. I have enough um, body of work by then. Yeah. So I was able to like post on Instagram and be like, oh, I shot this wedding. Even though I was like second shooting, it's still my shot. You're still just out there marketing yourself and uh, started booking up my calendar for the following year. Um and from there, I actually got a full-time job on top of, like, doing a full wedding season for my first year. Um, As a safety net or just because you wanted another yeah, job? Yeah, I think there was a lot of, like, talk about, like, what are you going to do for health insurance? What are you going to do? Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. There was a lot of, like, and it was all well-intentioned questions yeah, that yeah. people had. Um, but I think it was a lot of like, okay, what happens if you don't make it the way you want to make it type of thing? Um, and it wasn't as negative as I'm like making it sound, but I just like got scared too. So I, um, got a full-time job being a, actually, I also worked, uh, photographing newborns before that kind of like every once in a while. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I worked so much in the first couple years of my business, like just doing so much. So, um, Newborns were not my thing, as cute as they were. They were not my thing. Um, and then I, I moved on to um, be a photo editor for a magazine um, at Modern Luxury. And Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah. So it was really cool. It wasn't actually editing the way that you and I think about, like, editing photos, like, retouching. Yeah. Um, it was more scheduling, which I didn't oh. totally know that going into it. Um, but it was, like, a lot of scheduling out photo shoots for um, – you know, I had no idea that's what featuring. a photo editor would do. Right. There's oh, photo wow. retouchers for magazine, and oh. then there's photo editors. That, if you think about it, like the editor of a magazine. like Editor. Exactly, oh. uh. Right? Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. So I also was just like, what? But I was kind of happy. But that's kind of a big role, though. It, and it was. Like, I had... Um, so Modern Luxury is actually, like, all across the nation yeah um so i had like five major cities um yeah so it was but it was a lot of scheduling and it was a lot of desk work and that's also something i didn't love what i loved was like getting the images from my photographers in those cities and Mm. being like oh like here's what we did we got creative in this part you know like we took your idea here and we also did our own thing here Mm. and just like looking through the stuff that they made i had this one photographer in Aspen who it was like for the wedding magazine and she did she featured this florist and they went to like this beautiful mountain and set up a whole tablescape like for a wedding Mm. with flowers and then they took some portraits of her with her golden retriever and I was just like so obsessed looking through these images and I'm like man I wish I was there um But yeah, like that was the exciting part for me was like seeing all of this planning come to life and seeing the photos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But it was it was like what 5% of the job was like looking at the photos and most of it was planning it. So, um, it's more of a job. Yeah. Okay. And it was good for what I needed it to be. Um, it was good still like getting my business running and stuff like that. Um, see things on the other end of the spectrum, I guess, other side of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because I made some connections there that like now I can like submit my wedding work and, um, 
you know, it's not guaranteed to get featured, but I just right. feel like I have that connection. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And I, I worked full time, like 40 hours a week and then photographed weddings on the weekends. Wow. So I had 16 weddings of my own that year too. And it was, just was like, would that have been enough? Um, it depends. Um, so it just depends on your prices and what your lifestyle and stuff is like. Um, that was good for my first year, but that felt like half a season. Okay. Um, I try and book myself out now. I'm actually trying to scale down, but I feel like the average for wedding photographers is about 30. Um, you'll have people that do 50 a year. You'll have people that do like 20 or 15 (laughs) a year and they're happy. It just depends what your lifestyle is, what, how much you like to work and what you charge. Sure. Um, yeah, right now I'm trying to like. I told myself I was going to cap myself at 25 Absolutely. weddings this yeah. year, and I went up to 28 because I just can't say no. <laughs> but but you're, you know, set set a max, but then like you have some wiggle room, right? And if you if you want to do it, you yeah. want to do it, and exactly. you have the luxury of saying no. Exactly, right. and it's so nice. I'm like someone with this gorgeous venue and this awesome couple right, comes in, right, and you're right. just like. I don't want to pass this up just because I'm full. Like, I right, have the right. date open. Nice. I can do it. You're so. in a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, if we can rewind, I wanted yes. to, like, tap into any takeaways from your season as a second shooter. Yeah. Um, I feel like I learned a lot about how the day is structured, mm. about, like, how a wedding day is structured. So, like, from getting ready to the first look or the ceremony and then... You know, there's family photos, cocktail hour, and then the reception. Um, And just a lot of, also just a lot of seeing how to interact with the couple without Because you're kind of playing coordinator as well, in in a way, right? To stay on the timeline. I feel like, I feel like I do that more as a lead. Um, That's what... That's what I mean. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. Like you're wearing yes. many hats. Yes, as okay. a lead photographer for sure. I actually do a lot of planning, like time. Oh, but like, but but you, you. I'm saying, yeah, you did learn that as a second shooter mm-hmm. of like the timeline, and is it is that timeline pretty standard across the board? Um, for the most part, it like has the same flow if you're doing traditional weddings over like um, elopements or something, or like smaller gotcha. courthouse weddings stuff like that. But if you're doing a traditional wedding. Um, regardless of whether the ceremony be in a church or not, it usually has the same flow of things from, you know, getting ready to um, the ceremony or the first look and then, like, time for pictures in between that, like, formal photos. Um, And then family photos, cocktail hour, and then reception. And usually, like, the events of, like, a bouquet toss or stuff like that is, like, thrown in there, too. Um, But, yeah, I learned that by, like, mostly observing I think I was just like yeah. I was like a little sponge when I was a second shooter I loved every little bit of it and just like absorbing everything that I could to make it on my own when yeah. that time came um and also it's kind of fun because I feel like you know in a bride and groom wedding when there's like a male and female um usually the lead shooter is with the bride mm. um and that's usually just because they're doing most of the planning yeah. and stuff like that. So the lead photographer will go with the bride and the second will go with the groom. And it was so fun because like usually guys are a lot more laid back. On and their, they just get ready like real quick. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 10 seconds of like, all right, just like adjust your tie and throw on your jacket and mm-hmm. like look at your cufflinks. And like, that's all the photos. But the rest of it's just like fun. I'm like encouraging them to like drink a beer, like cheers for a photo, take a shot. And not get them too drunk, of course. Right, but like, right, right. I don't know. That was also like a fun part, just like being able to like walk in and like I feel like it's something that not a lot of men love to do is like be photographed, getting ready in the yeah. morning type of thing. Um, 
And then just be like, hey, guys, like, we're going to make this fun and we're going to make it really cool for you. And then I'm like, man, this girl's really cool. So we're like doing all this cool, silly things. We can do whatever they want. Like I've had grooms like want to wrestle shirtless for photos. <laughs> I've had grooms that like don't want to do anything and they want to be done in 10 minutes, you know. So cool. it's just like, I don't know. It's a lot of reading people too and seeing yeah. what they're into and like how they want to approach the day. And then like shifting your whatever you envisioned and like going with what they want because it's their day. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with your first full wedding, did you feel ready? I was so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, so nervous. Um, I felt like I had a good foundation for the camera and the timeline. Um, but honestly, my first full wedding, uh, like eight hours. Was like, it alone or you had a second? I was alone. Okay. And I just felt like a lot didn't go as planned in my head. Sure. Um, things were like behind on the timeline by like an hour and a half, mm. which like now as a seasoned photographer, I'm used to things being off schedule. But like even an hour, like an hour and a half now, I'd be like, guys, like we need to like get going. Like that's yeah. a little too long. Like if it's half an hour, totally fine. But like an hour and a half, it's like, holy shit, we're, you know, we're rushing. So things were off. It was going to rain that day. So they had to put the ceremony inside and then it didn't rain and it was beautiful outside. And the indoor space was like not beautiful lighting, not very well. Lit, yeah. Yeah. Lit. Sure. It was lit, very like orange lighting Oof. and then their colors were like teal and purple. So it was just like a very hard <laughs> editing situation too. Um, so yeah, it was just like, it was kind of crazy and I was very stressed the whole day. Um, but they love the photos in the end of the day. Wow, and that's, okay. you know, that's what matters. I also feel like we ended up having to do, um, they're like newlywed and party and like family photos outdoors after the sun had set and it was super dark out. And I, it was, oh it was my, my first Did you bring wedding. any like off camera, like flashes? Or... I brought a flash, but it was my first wedding. Like, Absolutely. I was not prepared Absolutely. for that at all. Like we had this whole timeline set, like around the the sunset and stuff like that like around the lighting uh, and because things were just thrown off yeah like i it got was dark real quick dark yeah. and i had one flash on me but like flash outside like it's it's got a different look oh, and yeah. that's not really what they probably wanted either um and it's not what i wanted it's not what i love for like family photos and like those more intimate portraits um and the videographers luckily they had some lights so they were like holding up their lights oh. for me those poor things and I was just, like, freaking out, trying to, like, get as much natural daylight as I could. Because it was, like, dusk, and it was just getting darker and darker. And I was, like, trying to rush through things. And, like, some of the guests were, like, oh, she doesn't want us in her photos. And I'm, like, that's not it. It's, like, you're not on my list. And we're Oof. just, like, trying to run through this. So it was kind of stressful and hectic. Um, and a lot of people, like, I tell them stories about that day. And they're, like, wow, I'm surprised you wanted to keep up with this. Just with how stressful your first one was. Yeah. Um, but again, I just like loved being around, especially on a wedding day. I don't think I mentioned this, but like it is a very happy time in someone's life. I'm not going to say it's the best day of their life. Cause, um, you know, maybe, more to come. Yeah. More to come. Exactly. You might have kids, you know, there are other best days, but there, it is a celebration and mm. you are surrounded by love. And like, even sad moments or stressful moments like in the grand scheme of thing they're very small um and it's just like an overall great energy to be in so like, like even that. through the stress i felt like 
I like I was wanted there like I knew mm-hmm. um I knew the bride and groom getting married and like I just felt very like included in the celebration and that's what I loved about it yeah it, it can be very easy to be overwhelmed um by like I need to get the shot and that pressure mm-hmm. but yeah if you if you try to remember like it's just it's a celebration yeah. uh, it should be a happy time and it's their day right yeah. so um that being said uh you had a very good year, right? That good half season wedding kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, at what point did you go full send and like leave that yeah. full-time job? Yeah. So, uh, that was always the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't planning on staying at that full-time job for a while. I don't know why I was like so worried about health insurance. Cause technically I'm getting kicked off my parents' health insurance like this year. Um, and that was like two years ago that I'm worrying about this, even though I knew I was going to quit and like go full-time for photo. Um, but anyway, it was just all those anxieties like coming up. But um, yeah, so I had a really great season. I just felt on top of the world. I felt like I was finally doing like what I was meant to be doing. And then um, I was still working full time. So I was just exhausted too all the yeah. time, like literally working, I don't know, probably 80 hours a week between editing and shooting and going to work. So um, did you have a, a personal life at that time? No, um, it was really hard. Yeah, it was like, it was really hard. I think a lot of like my friendships were tested um, and they all like the ones that stood the test of time. Like, you know, I love them and they love me and they understand what I was going through, but it was hard. A lot of people were like, oh, like you're always working and you ne- you're never, you know, you never make full time for me. And I felt really bad and I feel like there was a lot of truth in what they were saying and it also it's their feelings you know they're entitled right. to them but um it's it's hard because i feel like at that time too like hustle culture was like so idolized uh, yeah. um and it's and it does make sense though it's like that was the time for me like, to hustle you wouldn't so be here I, without that right exactly now i have right. so much more like life balance and i feel like if i didn't hustle the way i did i would just be it'd just be like a prolonged struggle so i don't know i feel like you have to like take into account your mental health and stuff like that and make time for yourself no matter what season you're in. But, um, yeah, it was hard to have a social life during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When, when it's, you know, when the wave comes, you ride it, right? Exactly. (laughs) And I just, I knew it was worth it. I knew what I was working towards, like to have this life balance and to do this full time and be Mm -hmm. able to set my own schedule and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so, um, I actually, I uh I was pushed out of the job I was yeah I my entire goal was to be like I'm gonna quit I'm gonna go full-time um end of 2019 I ended my season uh beginning of 2020 I was feeling on top of the world um and then in March the pandemic hit and that was supposed to be my first like full full season so I had 30 weddings booked of my own um in 2020 and it was gonna be like my first full season I was probably going to quit in like May Mm. just because like that was going to be the start of business season. So I was going to quit my job and then like go full send into photography. Well, in March, the pandemic hit, um, all the weddings got rescheduled and it was just like a very quiet year. Um, so I kept my full-time job because I was like, okay, well all of my money is being postponed because most of my couples, what they ended up doing was postponing their wedding whether it be like half or full. Mm. And by that, I mean a lot of couples chose to like have a ceremony and like a small family reception 
um, during 2020. And, and so then, you meant, okay, so you broke up, and but they had you at both parts? Yes, okay. they had me at both parts. So then, yeah, they had, like, the ceremony and, like, a small little get-together and, like, some getting ready in 2020. And then in 2021, they had, like, a party. Mm. So they might still have, like, a mini ceremony, um, which, like, literally they just did their vows and, like, walked down the aisle. Sure. Like, kiss and walked down the aisle because they're already married, and I understand that yeah. novelty of it is kind of over. But, like, it's still your wedding. You put so much time and effort in this. Like, people deserve to have that day of celebration. So a lot of couples did end up splitting. Um, so, yeah, maybe some of my income still came in in 2020. Splitting the, the day. Yeah, splitting okay. the day. Yeah. Um, and by that, they also split their um, payments with me. Okay. So. Um, Seems fair. Yeah. So um, I tried to still obviously make it work monetarily for me um, in 2020. And I actually did. I ended the year a lot better than I thought I was going to come out of it. Did you try to create some type of backup option? Yeah, I think I when things were opening up um, more towards like the summer and fall, I did a lot more like engagement sessions and stuff like that. Um, And I actually kind of got creative. And I um, when it first started, when the pandemic first started, I started these like line drawings on my iPad. Like I bought like the Apple pencil and just started like drawing some photos that I've taken of my couples. And I sent it to them as like a, I'm sorry, this is happening. Um, I'm sorry, you have to postpone your wedding and 2020 is the way that it's going. Um, And they loved them. And then I posted it on Facebook or something. And I was like, I'm going to do line drawings because I'm bored and you would draw their home. photos. Yeah. And like, they're super simple drawings. I like, got I, I to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely show you, but they're super simple. It's literally like a colored backdrop and white pencil. And I literally would just trace basically sure, their, sure, their sure. photos. Um, but I would draw them and I posted on Facebook and Instagram just being like, I'm doing this. Like I'm bored. All my, you know, weddings are postponed. There's no work really happening. Um, and then I just asked, I was like doing it for free and asked people for tips. And I think because of that, like incentive, like, oh, that's so nice. She's doing that. Like I was able to make some money off of it too. So I don't know. I found like ways to get creative and like make ends meet. And I was still working my full-time job. We had like pay cuts and a furlough and stuff like that. But, um, I kept that job through 2020, um, just for the plain fact of like, okay, I'm really not going to be working much this year. Mm-hmm. the way I expected to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of 2020, I saw how much like revenue I made, which was under my goal, but still kind of close to it, wow. even with the pandemic. So I was like, I can do this. Like, I don't need this full-time job anymore. Like, I can do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit in January. I'm going to start the year fresh. Well, they let me go in December. And I was like, all right, severance. It's cool. <laughs> So I got two weeks severance. It's fine. I was planning on quitting anyway. They did me a favor. Um, and actually, I remember I like posted a video of being like, guys, I think I'm going to get fired today. Like the CEO or not CEO, but like a higher up wants to talk to me and like no one ever wants to talk to me. So I'm pretty sure I'm getting let go. And then like I got let go and I went on there. I'm like, I got let go. And I said it like so cheerfully. And people are like, why are you so excited? I'm like, because like I get to do my business full time now. It's exactly what I wanted. And I don't know. It kind of like that actually went kind of viral online, which was like kind of cool. I don't know what you consider viral, but I think it had over like 150,000 views yeah, or something. Yeah, so I was absolutely. like, whoa. Um, and then I started 2021 um, as a full-time photographer. Mm. And 
2021 was just chaotic because it was two years of weddings in one. Of backup, yeah. Yeah. Because even if it was like half a wedding, it's still basically a full wedding right. because a lot of people ended up adding time because they're like, oh, well, we still want to like get ready for or getting ready photos in the Again, morning. Yeah. Again. Right, or right. like we're still doing a ceremony even if it's smaller and it's like that all takes time. And you are being accommodating and, and you'll do that. You exactly. Know? And yeah. like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like my couples just had the toughest time sure like rescheduling weddings and i mean imagine throwing a party um for over a hundred people like just how chaotic that is like yeah. i don't know and like on top of it the wedding aspect and the ceremony and all the vendors and everything else that's invited it's not just an event it's a wedding so i felt so bad for them that i was incredibly accommodating in any way that i could be um and yeah, so it was just a crazy year. It was like two years of weddings in one, and I was very, very stressed and burnt out last year. But um, this year's looking good. So. Good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you did you do any second shooting last year, or just uh, just? I think you I did like schedule? two weddings. Like um, like, do you still find that enjoyable where you don't have to edit? You just kind of show up and shoot, or is that not worth your time anymore? No, I I do find it enjoyable. I think it's always beneficial to see how other people work mm. so i i love doing it every once in a while i only did two last year just because last year was booked up with like two years of weddings anyway um also on a day that i could probably book myself out at eight to ten hours and make a lot more money yeah. by being the lead photographer by helping my couple plan throughout the process rather than just like showing up shooting yeah um, and leaving. It is less stressful because I don't have to edit. I don't have to think about anything else. I just have to show up and shoot. Um, is nice, but I just know that I can make yeah. my time a little bit more Absolutely. worth it if I can book it out myself. But I do love second shooting. I think I always learn something new. And even like one of the last ones I shot at was somebody I really looked up to. Mm. And I feel like I still learned, but at the same time, it was almost just like self-assuring and that like, wow, I really look like up you, to this person. You've been doing and things right your way too. I, yeah. Nice. It's like, we do things very similarly nice. and like we, you know, we have that same, whatever it is that makes you like, that gives you that confidence. Like I'm doing things right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, if anything last year, it was a little self-assuring and it felt really good. Um, but still, I mean, I learn from my second shooters all the time. They'll teach mm. me new things. So I don't know. I think it's interesting because like with photo, it seems very technology based and like there's only a couple ways to do something just mm. because it feels like a lot of numbers and stuff like that. Whereas like, you know, painting on a canvas, you could just do whatever you want. Sure. But like, no, there's so many more ways to do this. And I feel like photographers know it, but like people who are not in photography don't know that like you can get so creative and like there's different ways of setting up your light stands and mm. different ways of like setting your settings on your camera or different lenses that you could use that like make different effects. Yeah, so. yeah. So, which is a good segue to the next like kind of couple questions is like there's so many aspects to this, whether that's the um, the software that you use to book things or the business side of things. Oh, yeah. How do you... How do you, what, what's your quote? How did you arrive to your quote to people and things like that? Or like you said, the, the technical aspects of shutter speed, aperture, what brand did you go with? Sony, yeah. Fuji, whatever, you know, like, and posing, you know, posing's another aspect to it. Light, so all that stuff, it. right? Yeah. So like, where did you learn all these things? Oh yeah. Um, okay. So the technical stuff, 
When I went on that workshop in Yellowstone, I learned so much about the technical cool. part of my camera. I did not know what shutter speed, like, I should be using it handheld versus, like, when an animal's running or something like that, like, to get movement and stuff like that. Of course, I did learn some of it in film photography, but for me, it didn't translate to digital as mm-hmm. well as, like, other people did. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, ISO triangle or the exposure triangle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's getting a little technology or like, you know, techno <laughs> technologically based. But um yeah, I learned a lot of settings on my own. That was also something I felt like my education lacked. Mm. Um was like teaching actually like the camera and how to use it like creatively. I felt yeah. like they were just like, read your manual and like Oh no. Then, that's like the last thing I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> and then just focus on like what the picture actually held, which is like of course is important, but like I'm paying to learn how to be a photographer. Like please teach me how to use my camera. Yeah. So that was tough, but um, I learned a lot from like YouTube videos, but also um, going on that workshop and just like seeing my mistakes after. Sure. Like I was like, oh my god, none of this is in focus, or oh my god, my shutter speed was way too slow for mm-hmm. this. Um, so I started, um, and again, I'll get a little technical here, but like I started on AV, like aperture priority sure. on Canon, um, which means basically I get to set one or two of the settings and then the shutter speed is just decided by the camera it's like half auto half manual um so i started learning that way and then by like watching what the camera wanted to do in different lighting situations i kind of learned um and then i was able to like graduate to full manual um settings where i set everything um did you ever experiment with other brands with other bodies like whether that's you know no. sony nikon <laughs> fuji i see a lot of fuji users out there actually yeah um so a lot of my second shooters don't always shoot canon um and you're okay are, with that because right usually leads are like i shoot this i want you to match that i prefer if they're canon um because there's um like a temperature difference like the colors mm, are different yeah. between the cameras um and even body to body like canon from my mark five or mark three that I was on and now I'm on the R6 like the colors are a little bit different so it's like it is a little hard when you're mixing um different bodies and stuff like that but um camera bodies um but yeah so you you stuck with pretty much stuck with Canon yeah I stuck with Canon um but yeah it really just makes a little more time on the editing side making sure the photos match it's not anything on the day of that like totally makes a difference is there anything part of you that wants to bring film into this um, no, not for weddings. Um, there are photographers out there that use film, right? Yes, okay. and I think it's amazing. I personally am so like entranced by the day and everything that's mm, happening. That's just I've one tried, more thing like, you have to worry about. Yes, I've tried like even like behind the scenes for like my own like marketing and stuff. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I have ten minutes here. I should like probably be filming like the table setups or whatever to post on Instagram. I forget about it because I'm just like so focused on what we're doing in the day of, like where I'm needed, what I should be grabbing. Um and if I have ten minutes to just relax, like I will take it. I won't try and like post on Instagram (laughs) or whatever. Um same as like I know a lot of like photographers and I've been starting to incorporate this because I I love the instant cameras. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And I know a lot of photographers do that. It's not something I market and tell people I'm going to do because if yeah. I ever forget, I don't want them to feel yeah, like I missed out on it. A couple like five of their own, yeah. Yes. Um, whereas like if I remember and I take a quick Polaroid and give it to them at the end of the day, it's more of like a present to them yeah. and like yeah. a surprise and right. a wow. No I pressure, right? Exactly. Right. And I'd love to start doing that more. But again, I'm so focused on what 
I'm doing with the couple and how the because wedding that's what is they paid going. for. <laughs> yes, that I'm like, and those are the photos that they're gonna frame right, and put in the album right. versus like the Polaroids. And I know a lot of people love film. I know a lot of um, even not photographers love the look of film. And to me, it would just be another element that I would be like that would like take away from that experience I that I give you. my couples. Um, I actually bought my own little like not disposable, but basically a disposable film camera um, to start shooting in my everyday life just because I I miss taking photos for myself. I feel like doing it as a job, I kind of stopped doing it for myself for a while. So that gives me an excuse to not have to think about settings or, you know, editing or anything. I just take it and it's done. Um, And I'm getting my first role developed. So I'm really excited to see that come out. You know, there's there's something deep to be said about this delayed gratification of not seeing your photos yeah. instantly it's hard and being able to <laughs> <laughs> and being able to delete it if you don't like it just yeah take it again right well but, it's also because like you have a night out like i had my film camera and i had my like phone and we had like a night out we went shuffleboarding with my friends nice. and i'm sitting there on my film camera i'm so excited to see how those turned out but i've already posted <laughs> about it on my instagram being like yeah we had fun like am i supposed to post about it again <laughs> i mean who cares but like I don't know. It's part of that instant gratification. Absolutely. It's like, I had fun. Here's my photo of me having fun. So, um, and the other part of it, like posing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I learned posing a lot came with watching YouTube videos. Um, finding was a, there a specific channel? Yes. Um, her name was Je- Jessica Whitaker. Oh, okay. She's based in New York and she did a lot of couples and stuff like that too, which I loved. Um, it was also just like taking workshops, watching people, um, second shooting and observing how, you know, the lead photographer would pose and guide their couples to do things. Um, so you you have your go-tos, but then hopefully you have some wiggle room to be the, to have some like creative shot, like poses too. Yeah. And then I feel like engagement sessions or like those smaller sessions. You have more time. um, Yeah. You have a lot more room to be creative in those. Whereas like a wedding day, it's like. I mean, even now, sometimes I go to my basic, like, five to seven, like, I know people like these poses. Mm -hmm. And if that's all the timeline allows me, I know that they're going to like those photos. But, yeah, I didn't have time to be creative and do fun things that maybe me and the couple would have both loved. But um, it is what it is. And that's fine. Because, like, as long as you're capturing the day the way they want you to and getting those key shots, especially, like, I always joke with my couples that like we all want like I don't know when you're in a relationship and like I feel like especially me as a woman it's like you always want that cute photo of you and your boo looking at each other and it's just like so intimate in that moment but like it's weird to ask somebody on the street like hey can you take a photo of us and not look at the camera like as they're doing it um but honestly those photos of you guys looking at the camera like those are the ones that like your kids your parents your grandparents like those are the ones that kind of want to see it's like both of you just smiling at the camera so i feel like that is a staple shot that you need to get like multiple times throughout the day mm. um it's not a fun like photo to take it's right, just like okay right. smile at me it Go feels grandma. Like- <laughs> exactly that's what i say i'm like this is your fridge photo like yeah parents are gonna love this so and just like smile at me let's get this over with and then we'll do more fun posing and stuff like that yeah. um and there was also an app called unscripted that i used not, for a while. i have it oh I yeah, have it. yeah yeah so i used that for a while when i was like starting and like even every once in a while now i get like 
weird anxiety like oh shit what else do i do just right now pull out the app and, yeah, yeah and it's kind of fun to pull out the app some of their poses are so uh, <laughs> anyone can submit poses up there <laughs> dude yeah and they call it the funniest thing they're like the snowbird and it's literally the exact same pose from above of the couple just looking at each other and holding each other yeah. but it's snowing in the photo i'm like well i can't control that so that's not really what a pose I, I called this um i was like hey can you can you guys have your forehead cuddle <laughs> so oh yeah like, but I, I i was watching uh John Branch had a whole BTS like two and a half hour long video of like how he shoots a wedding. Yeah, I was like, I binge that just for this because I I've never second shot, so it's just like I need I don't logistically the yeah. timeline how a wedding day goes. It's mm-hmm. like that was what I needed to get down. Yeah. Um, what about the business side? Business, lots of workshops. Again, oh, okay. like I said, I am a person that learns from workshops people. based on like photo- wedding photography still. Um, yeah, and also. I feel like I took some more business space, but they were there was one in particular that I loved, and they're no longer running. There was a lot of um, kind of drama surrounding mm-hmm. it, but um, they taught me so much about the back end business, about mm-hmm. marketing, about branding, about um, pricing and stuff like Cause that. Because it, it seems like you were very confident in your ability, right? But like, were you confident in? How much you charged? Yeah. yeah no. Um, I heard no a lot when I was Ooh, starting out. And I still okay. hear no. And, yeah. you know, I understand. And this is something that we teach our mentees and our, our members. And um, She's got a workshop, guys. Yeah. She's got a <laughs> we course. Have a, we have an online educational space. Me and Mackenzie, <laughs> um, the photographer I mentioned earlier, we, we uh, have an educational platform. And that's something we teach a lot that we still get said no to sometimes. And price is a factor for people planning their day. You know, like... I know it's an emotional purchase um, because it's your wedding. It's your only day. And that's how every vendor sells themselves to well, you. Going through your website, it, it, it does evoke a lot of emotion. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and for me, I'm biased. I'm a photographer. But like, yeah, your photos and maybe your video and some press flowers are and your memories are the only thing you're going to take from that wedding, from that wedding day. And most likely the photos are what's going to be like the test of time, right? Yeah. Because like the wedding videos from forever ago on our VHS or whatever, and now nobody watches those. And we had to all get it digitalized to DVD and now it's on USB. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I feel like for me, the photos do have that emotional, that they evoke that emotional decision where it's like, this is what you're going to leave with. And this is what's going to help you remember that day yeah. to the very best of its ability. So how much... When you're thinking about prices, how much of it comes from your time and your cost of doing business, whether that's your gear, your software that you're using, to how much the couple values these photos? Like, is there a balance between the two? For sure. And I also feel like there's a value I put in myself. Like you said, like I'm very confident in my ability to like serve my couples well on their day. Um, There has been years and money that I've poured into learning to be the best that I can be for them. So there's also like the value I put into myself and my time and worth. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I sat down and like averaged it all out, I'm sure like it would come down to like X amount per hours. Um, there was actually this workshop that I took about pricing Mm. and, um, this, this girl like listed out all the hours that it takes to like work a wedding, including like driving there, photographing their engagement session and everything that 
editing time, you know, everything yeah. that goes into it. And it was like 39 hours per wedding. So if you're shooting 30 weddings a year and it's 40 hours, you know, it's basically a full-time job. Absolutely. So it needs to end up kind of being a full-time job salary. Um, and then on top of that, we pay our own taxes. So yeah, yeah being self-employed. 15.3%. <laughs> yeah. And it depends what kind of a corporation you are too. Yeah. So like yeah. I'm, I think I save like 40% of my nice. money at, into taxes. So, um, yeah, there. I feel like it. It can't be totally an emotional base um, when you're pricing yourself. You have to sit down and like look at your numbers of the time that you do things and the numbers um, that you know you have to give to the government and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that with the value that I, you know, have get, uh, learned and placed in myself and the value that my couples place in me, knowing that like they can't get this day back. Um, part of it definitely is an emotional thing that I'm able to charge more. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Like, there's so many ways to look at it. I mean, what yeah. if you just thought about what number you would want to make in a year and then figure in taxes, but then also figure, you know, there's a lot of upsides to owning your own business, whether, you know, like when you start investing in yourself, whether that's workshops or gear, you know, you kind of just like write that off. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a write off, right? Yeah. You just write that <laughs> off and, uh, you know, um, offset your, your revenue and things like that. But, um, tell me a little bit more about then the workshop. Like why, why did you guys want to create your own workshop? Were you not finding something as yeah. good? Yeah. So we, there? um, we just wanted to basically open a space for photographers and it first started out for photographers who are just starting out and had no idea where to go because we had both been burned by people in the industry telling us like you're not gonna make it what yeah like stuff like that um which is just bullshit um because I feel like if you work hard and love something enough like you're gonna make it no matter what so where does someone get off at saying you're not gonna entitledness make it? what yeah it's entitled and, and these are people that host workshops these yeah like just or not even workshops but um like other photographers in the business that were like doing it for years and they just felt like oh like who's this newcomer they don't know anything and like I know that there's a place like when I was first starting off I knew I was at the bottom of the food chain mm -hmm, when it came mm -hmm. to this you know but like that's why I wanted to grow and learn and like I'm more than happy to pay for like the education that people were giving me but like um yeah like I've had mentors make me cry before oh and it, it sucks like so yeah um uh, so and I you know you guys to... know what not to be exactly and we <laughs> and you know we strive our best to just like have you know, an open community where people can like a safe space for people. Yeah. Um, so in the group, a lot of, uh, in our Facebook group, it's called cultivate. And like a lot of people will go in there and just like, it's so sweet to see and to hear like, Oh, like this is my safe space. And I sure. can like just vent and talk about things here where like, no, where like a lot of people in another industry, even if they have their own business or even if they're a photographer, but like don't do both or whatever, they just don't get it. You know, like you can vent to your friends about like, they might not get it. Yeah. yeah about yeah. running your own business and how hard it is, but like, they just don't get it cause they don't do it. And they're like, Oh yeah, that sucks. And it's like, no, I, I need more. I, want, I, want, I need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a safe space, but it's also an educational platform. So, um, yeah, we, we just wanted to help people like get off on the right track cause sure. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of workshops when we were first starting. Um, now there is, but like when we were first starting, uh, me and Mackenzie, like our own businesses, there wasn't a lot of people just like willing to even like, if you pay for information to give it, it was a lot more 
competitive and like there's that whole thing uh community over competition yeah um and i feel like a lot of people can preach it but they might not live it um and it's funny because like even even now like i have some of my best friends here are wedding photographers in chicago and technically they are my competition like technically a couple might be looking at me and my best friends and be debating between us that's technically competition but do i see it that way like no because I can't be booked out for every single wedding that there ever is to exist in Chicago. Yeah. Neither can the next person. And some days I want to go on vacation. I'm just not going to be available. So like, it's nice to be able to share the wealth and be like, Hey, I'm not available, but my friend here is, and she's amazing. Did you always have that like abundant mindset? Um, I think so. I think, I think mostly because it came from being shut down. So like the the whole idea and the whole notion of like you're not gonna make it and you're not good enough and um it's like a shark tank out here, like yeah. the competitive thing, I was like, it doesn't have to be. So like I feel like by people telling me and like by feeling that way, I was just like, No. Like mm. and also, yeah, I feel like one of the workshops I did talk about that too, but um yeah, that, I mean, Chicago's huge. There's, what, 2.8 million people in <laughs> We're Chicago. We're lucky to be in the city, yeah. Exactly, or even in the suburbs. I mean, there's just so many weddings happening every, all yeah. the time, yeah, right. every year, that, like, there's not a competition to me in terms of, like, am I going to get booked? Because I've set the solid foundation for my business to like for couples to want to work with me and stuff like that. But it's also, there's just so many weddings that if I ever have to scale down my price just because I have to make ends meet, that's fine. And like, it's still going to be a beautiful wedding. It's still going to be super awesome people that I vibe with. And you know, there's weddings happening everywhere. It doesn't matter what price point you're at. So, so when you first, um, set your prices and you were getting no's, did you feel compelled to lower your prices? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I was hearing no, I felt like, okay, maybe I'm not worth what I'm charging. Mm. And partly, I think part of it could have been that. Um, I think I I was charging under a thousand for like my starting package oh, wow. um, for like six hours of coverage. So it was like maybe just around a thousand. And I thought, okay, maybe that's still too much. Um, but the other part of people saying no to you is because they found a better fit, whether that be money or not. Because like some people will tell me like, oh, like my budget is, you know, 4,000, but right now my packages start at 4,300 and they will book me at my middle package that might be 5,000 or whatever. Um, Because they see that emotional decision and they also vibe with me or with the other photographer. There's always wiggle room, right? Yeah, there's so many more decisions just than money that it's like you have to create an open environment for this couple to feel comfortable with you on the most, one of the most important days of their life. Um, You have to show them good work. You have to um, kind of like vibe with them on a personality base because you're going to be with them for like eight to 10 hours of their day. And, and you want, you want to vibe with them yeah, too, right? And I want to have a good time too. I'm yeah. not trying to be with there with like right. shitty people or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I want to work with people I want to work with. So there's a lot more to that, that like, yeah, when I was getting said no to a lot, it wasn't all the time. So some people were booking me. So I knew it wasn't totally the price. It was more about like maybe my confidence. Cause I felt like a lot of times on the, call I was shaky because I, it was like the first time I was doing it sure, right? sure. um and I was shaky on the call and like somebody I remember asking me like 
oh, how many weddings have you shot? And like, I understand that question. I don't think it's totally like a testament to your skill base or whatever. Yeah. I think you do get gain a lot of experience from shooting. But more. if it's a stranger asking you, then yeah. that's like one of the metrics that they use for sure. And exactly. And it's like, what do I do? Do I lie and say mm. I've shot like 10 weddings? Do I, you know, tell them this would be my first? Fake like, it till what? you make it. Exactly. So what I told them was, you know, I've shot three of my own because I think at that point I had or something. Um, and I've second shot for this many. And so I know what a wedding day looks like. I can show you a portfolio of like the days that I've done. Um, and I also think, yeah, just giving more examples and more, um, supporting like, yeah, supporting stuff to show them that you know what you're doing. Even if you're just starting out just being like, look at my portfolio, look at my reviews from the people I have shot with. Um, to kind of justify that price a little bit. But yeah, if you're getting said no to all the time, maybe lower that price until people keep consistently saying yes. And then you can raise it until where it's like a half and half, like no and yes. And then again, it like the more experience, the better you become at it, more people will say yes. And then you just keep going like that. Wow. Um, you ever, as far as like, I, I had another question regarding that, but I, I lost it. Um, as far as workshops go, do you ever want to like, bring in like a fake or like like a couple like a you know to do like a walk around the city and have like 10 mentees or students kind of get that get, go through that workshop with you yeah so actually our um so Mackenzie and I are hosting a cultivate workshop um in July this year um and we're gonna do it out in Colorado but we are doing more of a posing and creative based workshop so there will be some business involved but it will be we will get like couples to pose for us okay um in the city specifically it's a little bit difficult because um venues or what about just outside you could do a venue outside is where it gets difficult because oh. everywhere in the city technically needs a permit no to way shoot at. i didn't know this yeah and like we get away with it all the time don't get me wrong like i hardly get permits and watch some cop is gonna come and get me <laughs> um but i hardly get permits unless i know it's a place that like they crack down on it at millennium park they crack down on permits um, but technically you need one for like every block of Chicago. You need what? a permit to shoot or something like that. Like a bridge that. shot or anything like that. Yes. Um, oh. I feel like more of like the staple places are more, um, sure, sure. Monitored. And yeah. monitored. Um, but again, I have only been asked twice for a permit. Um, so you do get so away like with a it, cop would pull have, over and ask it's more of like the park rangers but yeah um, like yeah they, they can ask a cop can ask especially on a wedding party like if you have rowdy drunk people like it, it can be a little nerve-wracking when you're like guys like please i know you're having fun but like keep it together because like we can't be here um but um yeah for the workshops i would love to do that but it does make it more difficult when you have a group around you like 10 cameras shooting around you one couple like it just it's kind of like a target for someone to be like hey what is what this? are they doing like, yeah yeah that's funny yeah we a cop came there was a uh photographer model meetup a while ago mm-hmm. um probably last last summer and uh it was near chinatown and we're still in a park but like cops definitely rolled up and you're like what is going there's like 200 people here like people like came oh, in wow. from michigan florida wow. and like Fun. from from all levels from like intro models to people that have been doing it for years and same with photographers so it was it was a great experience to like come across and just network with people but I never would have thought like that permit yeah. thing never came across that's fun I don't know and maybe it's just like the I haven't looked super super into it mm. but like maybe it's just like Buckingham Fountain Millennium Park Lincoln sure. Park Boardwalk type of places um 
But yeah, I just, I do feel like it raises red flags. And especially if like people are paying to be there and they like find out that like we've charged people to be here. They're like, gotcha. well, why didn't we get our cut as the city of Chicago? Oh my thing. God, get out of here. So it gets, yeah, it gets a little <laughs> difficult. Um, venues, you definitely can. I've set up like styled shoots like that for, cool. um, and same as like Airbnbs and stuff like that. That's probably what I we're doing for. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. For our uh, Colorado workshop, we're oh. like renting out a big Airbnb and like going to a couple of national parks that don't require permits out there. So it'll be super See, for fun. For the longest time, I'm like, I'm going to get a studio one day. And I got a studio and I don't have like really fun lights or gels to like create a spotlight or whatever. So you can only do so much with a studio. And I think I'd eventually like to rent out an Airbnb yeah. and just charge, like just at least cover cost and like everyone can have a very creative like stylized yeah that'd be shoot. so fun it's just a different environment every and again time. like you just learn so much by like like yeah creating relationships with people that are in your niche but also might do things differently so like like you said with gels like i never work with gels but if somebody like really like sat down and kind of taught me like their methods and how to use them like i might start thinking of ways to incorporate that in my own work and stuff like that on, on the walk over here with coffee like we were talking about thailand and stuff and like what if you hosted a retreat in thailand you can people do that i actually so i'm going to spain in a couple weeks which i'm so excited about but um i was looking up workshops because i have also like i've hosted a couple and i haven't been to one in a while and i'm like man i miss this and i miss being a student um and i was looking at one that ended up being in barcelona but like after the fact that i'm there so i'm like okay Um, that's not gonna work okay okay I just also want like a vacation for rather sure. than like work. Um, but yeah, like you can go, there's some in Hawaii, there's some in Thailand, like there is some all over the world. So honestly, I have just looked up like wedding photographer workshops yeah. and like seen like articles that come up like top 10 in 2022. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the question that escaped me is back now. And uh, as far as getting inquiries, like how did you navigate marketing? Yeah, um, a lot of my business is still based off word of mouth. So when I was first starting out, I feel like I told everybody, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. I just talked about it all the time. I talked about second shooting and like showed my work on Instagram of what I had been doing, even though they weren't my own weddings that I was booking and stuff like that. That counts. Um, But yeah, I was nonstop talking about it with people and then like, friends of my friends were getting married and like friends of my friends of my friends I mean, were getting married. I mean, you do what so. you do a few big events and there are other people at that event that are probably looking to get married exactly. and they see your hustle at the wedding and be like, she's cool. Like, yeah. and she's vibing with the couple. Like maybe we'll ask her if she can do our wedding. Exactly. And like, and now, especially like after shooting a couple weddings and stuff like that, like I get bridesmaids of a wedding that I had already shot and like groomsmen of a wedding that I've already nice. shot. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you're not only like creating those relationships with just the couple on the day of, but like you're also making a fun positive experience for everyone involved including like their parents like it's a big day for their parents like sending off their children to get married and yeah. stuff like that that like i just try and be a good person on wedding day honestly it goes long it goes a long way and yeah it goes a long way like people remember like the little things that you did and stuff like that and they're like man she was cool she was fun i want yeah. i want that energy at my wedding right right, right. um I love it. It's always the maid of honor telling me like you have been the best wedding photographer that I've Oof. ever like been in a wedding for. And I'm like, oh, that is such a compliment, first of all. But like, thank you. Also, hit me up when you're getting married. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I just talked about it a lot. A lot of word of mouth came from it. And then just posting on Instagram hashtags. I don't have a social media strategy. I actually just talked to like a, maybe I'm looking into getting a social media manager. Um even now it's like easier. I'm not utilizing it, but like reels and TikToks, like it's so much easier to like 
just throw things out there and have people like watch them and like land on people's for you pages and you know explore pages um the second largest chunk of my uh business comes from instagram so okay so uh word of mouth then instagram then instagram you got a good number of views on google uh, okay, thank you because that is the third, and I'm so surprised by that. Why? Like Google, like before know. social media, Google was the thing. I know, I know, but like <laughs> I know nothing about SEO. So I think after I redid my website, I had like a I hired somebody to redo okay. my website, and she was amazing, and she did some back like basic but back end SEO sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And ever since that, and just like throwing out blog posts and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it, uh, like I've been getting more. You're establishing hands-on. relevance, and so what's my number on Google? I don't even know. No, not number. It's oh. I don't know what your your <laughs> ranking is, but like you, the number of re- reviews that you have. Oh, so people, people, <laughs> people like, but yeah. there's value in that, right? Like yes. people went out of their way because they had such a good time to go through Google, not just mm-hmm. send you a DM or an email, but yes. like go onto Google and onto your business page on Google and then leave a review. Yes. Okay. That's what you were talking about. That's I thought not, you meant yeah. like I was like. I I didn't I didn't actually like <laughs> Chicago wedding photographer and like Victoria St Martin shows up like yeah. I didn't do that. No, no, I no. mean, you might be ranking pretty high. <laughs> no, that's why I was like, I don't think I'm on the first page of Google. That's why I was like, damn, am I? Like, maybe I should look that up. Um. Yes, that's actually something I ask of a lot of my couples. Oh, okay. So, like okay. when I know, ask and you shall receive. Exactly. Okay. So I. When I deliver their galleries, I always ask them for a review. And also some people have like given me five stars and that's it in the past, which is great. It's five stars, you know, yeah, yeah. but I know it's not a helpful review for other people who are way like wagering me or somebody else. Right. So when they're wagering me versus another Chicago wedding photographer and they like our work the same, our prices are the same or they don't yeah. care about the number as much. What does it come down to? It's those reviews and how, you know, how well they worked for this person in more than just good photos um so yeah when i deliver my my photos i ask them for a review and i say oh my god like i had such a fun time working with you i talk about their day specifically to them and then i say if you like loved your photos in the end and you loved like working with me if you wouldn't mind writing me a review this really helps keep my business alive it helps other amazing couples like you guys um you know fall into my lap and we can work together um, and then I give suggestions of like things to talk about in the review. So it's not just five stars. Wow. It's not just, oh, she's amazing. Um, it's yeah. like, talk about, um, what did you think of your final photos? What experience, like, how did you think of the overall experience? And then in parentheses, I put like, did I tell amazing jokes? Am I like super fun? And like, I don't know, just like throw some jokey things that's, out there. Where did you learn that from? Cause that, that's like, like influencer talk, right? That's like call to action, like. SEO that's SEO talk in a way you know yeah I think I just picked that up from like getting reviews that felt like they didn't mean much like I know it's still Um, five stars and it's still oh we loved her she's amazing but I'm like this isn't helping me like gotcha I appreciate it and I am grateful that someone even took the time to give me five stars but I know it's not actually helpful in the grand scheme of things sure so yeah so I just like made up my own little list of things that I want them to talk about so I talk about like what other services did we provide on your wedding day? Like we have a photo booth. We have, um, I do timeline guidance. So yeah. like I walk them through their entire timeline two months before, whether they have a planner or not. Like I've ended up, I think I do that for 90% of my couples mm. or, okay, probably a hundred percent with a planner, but, uh, without a planner, it's probably 80% of my couples I'm sitting there and I'm helping them yeah. sort out their entire timeline. So like all of those things matter and it's things that they can easily forget about when they're writing a review. Cause all they have at the end of it, like what two months after their wedding day yeah, 
or the memories of, oh, it was so fun taking photos with her and the photos are great. But I'm like, you forgot about all this other stuff I did. The engagement session, the planning, the, like, the blog posts I sent you. So you just have to remind them. Exactly. And it's not their fault. Like, I've yeah. got better and bigger things to think about than, like, leaving incredible, meaningful reviews right, for right, people. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. That helps. Um, how did you navigate making packages? Yeah. Um... So I think, again, I learned the Goldilocks method. Ooh, I've from, never heard of the Goldilocks method. Yes, I will teach it to you. Um, so I learned the Goldilocks method from, uh, I think, mostly workshops and also just seeing what other photographers are doing, too. But um, this is like a sales tactic. So mm. there's there's the a la carte, right? There's hourly coverage. There's a second shooter. There's um, uh, an album. If you want to do mm. albums, there's... Um, a photo booth if you want to add a photo booth, stuff like that. A USB if you want to add that. So there's all of that a la carte, and then you create three packages. So there's mm. um, one that's too big, one that's too small, and one that's just right. Mm. Of course, this doesn't fit everybody, but it's like a psychological thing that like with the lowest package, you're just getting, for me, it's just like bare minimum coverage. So eight hours of coverage, all your digitals, you know, everything fully edited, um, and down like downloads and shareables for mm-hmm. family and friends. So that's just that. The middle package um is kind of like that just right where it's like, okay, I I'm better than like this lower price package or like the not as big package, but like I'm not as bougie as that like top tier package. Like I don't need all that, but I'm better than this. So then you go for the middle one. And the middle one ha- you can build it however you want. For me, it's like eight hours of coverage, a second shooter, and an engagement session. So it feels like everything that they need. Um, and then the top package is like 10 hours of coverage um, mm. and the photo booth and then everything else that the eight hour has. Okay. So it's like, okay, if you don't want that photo booth, you don't need 10 hours because everything's at one venue and like it, you just don't need 10 hours of coverage, then yeah, I think eight hours of coverage is great. It's up to you if you want to have that second shooter in that engagement session. Um, and then from there, I also guide my couples a lot during those consult calls. I ask them a lot of questions about their wedding as in like, how many guests are coming? How many yeah. people are in your bridal party? Are you having a first look or not? Have you thought about that? And I don't make them give me an exact answer right, then. Right, but right. Um, I talk a lot about what their day is going to look like because then I can start figuring out what package I think is best for them. Yeah. Um, and I try not to come off like a salesman or salesy. I try right, to just right. like be educational because I'm like, okay, anything over 150 guests, like I would 100% recommend adding on a second shooter. Because you're, you're helping to make an informed decision. Exactly. I'm one person, right? Like I can't yeah. photograph 150 people all at once. So just like explaining it in a way that they see as beneficial to them helps me sell a higher package too. Um, And then I also send like supporting blog posts that I've written about like when to add on the second shooter, why a photo booth is a good idea, why an engagement session is a great way to like feel comfortable on your wedding day, stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Okay. And through these like relationships that you've cultivated, like they had such a good time with you on, on their wedding day when they have other big moments like a maternity shoot or anything else, family portraits. Do you, and they ask for your services. Like, do you do you go for it, or do you like? Eh, it's not my thing. Yeah. So, um, I have, and I don't market it. I don't advertise it. Yeah. Um, mostly because it's not totally my thing, and it's not my niche. Um, whereas I know, I think I told you, I photographed newborns for a while. So I I learned 
enough about like quieting down a ba- a fussy baby and I know enough about lighting and stuff like that. I don't think I totally have the patience for fussy babies and sure, stuff like that. Sure. Whereas other people do and they know exactly how to pose the baby and like what could be potentially dangerous but they could still like they know how to do it in a well way. You know that like pose where the baby's like holding yeah. up its head? Oh. Yeah. It's actually a very dangerous pose to do for the baby. So that's something I would never attempt. Okay. But like that's somebody else's niche and something that they are so good at doing. And they'll spend like three hours with mom and baby trying to make sure that they're getting the perfect shots in between feedings and baby being, you know, calm or not and stuff like that. Whereas I want to be in and out in an hour if I'm doing a baby shoot or like maybe two hours max. And sometimes the baby's just fussy and I, I don't have the patience for that. I hear you. So... I have done maternity. Maternity is a little, it feels more like couples because it's just, it's couples poses, but just like based around a belly. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's where, when they start having kids, I start recommending them to other people. Um, Some of the couples that I have just like adored and we've gone through like all of the stages of their relationship together. I have, like I recently did a newborn session for one of like my favorite couples ever. And I've been through them through engagement, the wedding, now wow. maternity, and now their firstborn. And I'll probably end up doing their secondborn when they yeah. have it. Um, you know, once the kids are probably like running around and they're screaming sure. toddlers, that's really where I'm going to draw the line. I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry, but here's an amazing person that can like, and like, I know that that person has the patience to get those beautiful shots that the family wants rather than being stressed and getting just kind of like, Maybe not the best with me because it's just not my niche. And I feel like everybody, when you niche down and you like focus on one thing, you can do that so well. Whereas like if you try to be the jack of all trades, you're master of none. Shit, that's my issue right now. It's just like <laughs> I I'm, I guess I'm trying to see what my niche is. And that and that's fine though because like, I mean, you heard me. I tried everything before I figured out wedding yeah. photography was right for me. Like, And you can have two niches, you know? You can have more yeah. than one, but like it just... It has to fit for you. God, yeah, this Danny Batista, he does like editorial slash bikini style portraits. Cool. And but his website has other stuff like food photography and mm-hmm. maybe real estate or architecture, or something like that. And uh, but it's just not marketed. Yeah, it's there, though. Right. And yeah. and I guess like the one thing I, I realized from that is like it, the importance of niching. Mm-hmm. So when someone does want your services, you you've established that. Um, kind of like the ability to to handle what they're asking of you, but who's you know no one you have that luxury of like wanting to do something else if you yeah if you're interested in it absolutely I think my other like I have been thinking and hoping to get like a boudoir brand going for a while yeah. I love boudoir it's yeah. amazing it's I find so much like joy and fulfillment out of that too just like making somebody feel so confident in their skin um and it's different from weddings um and i love it so much i just like i don't market that on my wedding website because i know when people like land on there it for me in the marketing and business side of things it's like i want it to be clear this is what i do this is what i'm amazing at um and this is why you're here whereas like i know when i worked for the magazine company um our photographers would have portraits, food, real estate, um, you know, all of these different things. And I would click through it and I'm like, wow, this person's amazing at food, but they kind of suck at portraits, you know? And it's like, I know they have to throw it out there. Cause like when you're, um, as an editorial photographer, websites and marketing is totally different. Wow. Um, if you don't have like a specific niche and make it in that niche, you kind of have to like 
appeal to all of it because you're just trying to get work um, with publications and stuff like that. Um, I can't speak too much on it because I don't know that that much about it. But um, I know that their websites look totally different from like wedding websites where like me, like I just want to be a full resource for my couples on their website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As far as like editorial and stuff like that, how important is it to get um, published or like, so, like what's that process of like submitting yeah. your photos and you asked like your your audience like nine photos all of them all of them were straight fire oh, thank you so good yeah. it was it was very hard to I, and I didn't even give you like I, I couldn't like <laughs> choose right so yes <laughs> how how important are, is this more for fun or like does this I'm sure you know brides to be are flipping through magazines but yeah. like how important is that so i actually just got an inquiry from somebody who found me in a magazine which i thought was cool because oh. i never get those so if it tells you anything it's not that important um because people will see it and maybe every once in a while you get an inquiry from someone being like wow i saw your work in this magazine unless you have this full like spread, spread or something like, yeah. or like a full page then, or something could you put that magazine brand on in your website then right yes okay I do um so i do a lot of like I, I teach about like the psychology of websites with oh. being a wedding vendor. Um, and yeah, something I think a lot of us vendors like place value in are those like badges, you know, like yeah. wedding wires, best of 2020 or sure. whatever. I think I won that one, but like, what does it actually mean? And what is it actually doing for me? Not, not actually as much as you would think it's like cool to get recognized or an award or something, but like, really nobody like it's not like they have an award ceremony it's not like an actual thing they give you like a little sticker badge to put on your website that is it that's all they do and they put it on your like wedding wire account which like i get little to no business off wedding wire okay some people what about the knot uh they're kind of the same same but um yeah some people thrive off those i don't Mm. i just i most of my business comes from uh instagram and word of mouth like i said but um Those things I feel like just give you social credit. So it's sure. nice to put on your website to be like, look, I made it into this. And like, it's a cool recognition. But for me, it hasn't gotten me any business, like being in those things, like maybe one or two weddings gotcha. Um, out of the like, I don't know, 60 plus that I've shot over the last couple of years. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so as we said earlier, we've kind of, you've come to a place where you want to cap it. You, you have a certain number that you want to hit yeah. and, uh, and you have some wiggle room to do ones if it really fancies your interest. Yeah. Um, do you think you're going to shoot forever or, or do you want to, you think you're going to pivot to something else? Like maybe more, more education or more workshops or. Yeah. So that is like the question I've been asking myself since mm. I like started photography <laughs> because I know that I can't be doing this forever the way that I'm doing it now not only like is it a lot of strain on my body um but it's also a lot of weekends whereas like you know if I eventually want to settle down and have a family and kids like that's going to be hard to be away from like the kids on the weekends and stuff like that um but also I have found and it's not always true but I have found that here in Chicago specifically the age range of people getting married are between or at least my most people and like my clientele are between ages 25 and 34 and young people hire young people oh shit because we're relatable and we know what they like and we can like hang out with them and like be buddies with them whereas like i it's 
rare that I feel like, you know, a 24-year-old getting married. You think going to be out of there eventually? Yeah, like I'm going to get old, you know? It's just it's part of life. And I, yeah, a 24-year-old will most likely hire another 24-year-old to like a 30-year-old, whereas hiring like a 60-year-old or okay. a 50-year-old, you know, it's Absolutely. just like, it's a different generation at that point. So we're lucky now, we're young now, and we can be in this like realm with them. And yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that. It's kind of like stripper money. You just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta save up right now. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't do it forever. Yeah, like, I mean, we talk about it a lot, like retiring early in the yeah. community, like around like 45 is kind of right. like retirement age for us. Um, that's not. But, but retirement isn't doing nothing. Exactly. Right? It's, no. it's doing what you want to do on your own terms. Exactly. So, um, I, and I love working, so mm-hmm. it's not, it's not going to be a retirement where I'm like on vacation from 45 to 80 and, you know, get right. the bucket at 90 or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what my life holds, but I have thought so much about what I want to do after this can't be a full-time thing anymore. And I still come up short. There's so many things that I am interested in but not as much as I love this. So mm. I'm just like kind of putting full gear into this. Yeah. And, you know, I've thought about education a lot. I've thought about, um, I don't know, even like totally pivoting and doing like interior design or sure. something like I that. Mean, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like who knows what I'm going to be interested so, in that. So after all this time, you've probably established a, a rapport with all these other vendors, mm-hmm. right? So if you, maybe if you wanted to dive into more of like the interior Plan. design or oh, the planning, okay. whatever it is, like yeah. you... You probably have met so many other people well, within the industry. Yeah, that's the best part of networking, right? Yeah. It's just like you meet people who help you out and you can help them out in different ways. So I think that's true of anywhere you go, regardless of what you do. It's just like network, be nice to people, and like literally opportunities come up like this. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, another part of it is that I actually added on associates um, last year. And, or actually in, at the end of 2020 is when I added on associates. So those are, um, in my business, I am a lead photographer and I own my business, but I have two other lead photographers that I can send out on a wedding day that I'm already booked for. Um, so I tell the couple, hey, I'm not available, but my associate Ashley or Stephanie is available. Mm. Um, I will still be the one to plan your entire wedding with you. I will still be the one to edit your photos for you. They are trained under me. They know what I like and how I capture things. So like, it's the next best thing to having me. So when I have couples that are just like, man, like we just love her and we want to work with her. Um, and I just physically can't, instead of sending that, you know, that money to another photographer, which I still do, you know, sometimes none of us are available, whatever it is. Um, but instead of sending that money away, I can still get paid, work with this couple, give them an amazing experience with like the style that they want for their wedding, the people they want to work with and pay my associates and like book them out. So was, was that hard kind of just like building a team and, and establishing cause you've established brand recognition by now. Right. And if someone was to show up and you, you're upfront about this, but, and not be you do that. And they're still associated under your name. Right. So like, yeah. how did you, how hard was it cultivating a team that you vibe with? Yeah. Um, it was actually, it was hard at the beginning. Um, like do you, do you put them through a second shooter phase and, and, Let's let's try yeah. out, you know. Yeah. So actually, I I hired somebody I was dating with to be an associate, and that was a mistake. So don't do that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that was dead. Um, but I hired somebody I was dating and that didn't work out. And it was just like a learning mistake on my part. Um, even though like we had talked about it, I made him sign a contract, you know, like if we break up, yeah. like, you know, what's going to happen. And I thought we just had enough mutual respect to like, you know, this is a job, like this part of our relationship Absolutely. is a job and this part is a relationship. So I thought there was enough of that, but, um, it ended up being kind of bad. Um, and he missed a job and I had to like, like just make ends meet to like work my schedule around. It's not that I was booked on another wedding. I just wasn't available. And I had to like rearrange my whole life to like make it for this day. And that is something I do. Like, I mean, one of my associates just had an appendectomy, um, which like was out of nowhere. Right. And she had a wedding booked that weekend with me and we just had to figure it out and hire another person that we know and trust to like show up. I had to talk about it with a couple, be open and honest with them. But like at the end of the day, that was not her fault, right? It's no. no one's fault. Um, and the couple was super understanding. And the photos of um the associate that we hired to replace her were beautiful, and it all okay. worked out. But um, yeah, ha- having people you trust is so important because, okay. like, I thought I could trust him, and it just didn't work out. Sure. Um, and luckily, I was able to make things work. Um, for me and my couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other two associates, I so. He's no longer an associate of mine, but uh, my two current associates, I found them both through a um, Chicago photographer group. Oh. And I actually posted about like, hey, I am hiring associates. Like who wants to be on this team? I made them fill out like a application form. It was a very formal interview process actually. I had my friend who has like hired a lot of people within her own like corporate job um be like the first interviewee Ooh. um so she hosted like or like conducted all the first rounds of interviews i think we interviewed like seven people um and then she gave me like her top choices and then i interviewed with them i think i interviewed four of them and then just talking with her i decided on ashley and um she's amazing i i know i can trust her she did do some second shooting with me we did some like um styled shoots to Mm. like get her own portfolio started underneath me but also like i can teach her some things nice yeah that's a good way to do okay yeah was she was she very fresh or did she have her own no she she's a seasoned photographer she knew totally what she was doing that was also very important to me i didn't want to just like teach somebody how to use a camera like i wanted them (laughs) to know how to be a strong lead but just basically morph into my brand when they needed to be a part mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. um and she has been amazing and then my second one um i added her on a little bit later she actually started off as a second shooter so she's a second shot with me um for probably half my season at first and then a full year and then within that full year i was like hey um i need a replacement for this old associate that didn't work out like do you want to be an associate and she said yes and she said yes for those jobs at first and then she said yes to being an associate like where i can market her full-time um and she's been amazing she knows exactly like i said her and i work so well together like that vibe and flow she's still my preferred second shooter like i think we have like I think she's second shooting like 15 jobs for me this year and then she's associate shooting like another five to seven or something like that is this their full-time gigs are they doing anything else or they are also photographers they are full-time photographers um i think 
both of them, Ashley does some like family stuff. Stephanie um, also works at a brewery, so she has some side oh, gigs, but like okay. they're mostly full time photographers. They have their own businesses as well. Um, it's just days that like I'm booked out or I'm unavailable sure. that I'm like, hey, are you guys available? They'll say yes or no. And then I'll pitch them to my couples. And I still hear no a lot because some people are just really excited to work with me. And, you know, when I pitch them, Somebody else, they're like, ah, you know, we'll we'll find she's, someone else. She's handing me off. Yeah, maybe. And like, I don't see it that way. It's yeah. just like I would have done that if I wasn't available anyway. You know what I mean? Right. This is like just another opportunity to work with me if you really want to work with me or still get the photos that you want. But if I get, but, but I think you, you guys do a good job, at least on the website, of like showing everyone on the team. Yeah. Right. I wonder if there's anything else more maybe like promoting like just more bts of like each other yeah i think so i i I, again so so they can vibe with your team right not just you yeah and like we we do like associate dinners every once in a while it's more like right now we've we just come out of like slow season so we haven't like hung out much but like actually ashley and i are flying out to san diego this weekend to shoot a wedding together so like there's probably gonna be some like oh my god we're out here like my associate and i and like i always try to refer to them as associates so that it's not just like oh i'm out here with my friend yeah even though we are friends but like it's like oh look at my team this is my team yes okay okay um growing pains it sounds like you've been navigating them really well though thank you yeah and it's all new and it's all fun though like it, it is weird and it's different um being like a boss and it is a lot more behind the scenes work so it's like it's like people want to be a boss and then you like be a boss and it's like this is a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's so hard and it's also like when you're associate when you have associates it's a hundred percent more business and no creative shooting like the most creative i can be is in editing um but i also have like established a style so i kind of have to like work within my umbrella style and also the most creative I can be is sometimes on their engagement session, I'll be like, hey, like, why do you, you said that you love to cook. Why don't we do like an in-home cooking session? Ooh. But Ashley or Stephanie is going to be the one shooting it. I'm just the one that suggested it. So like, I don't actually get that creative fill out of being, gotcha. you know, the boss of an associate. Um, but it's still, it's amazing working with a team and yeah. I still get to serve amazing couples and make sure that their days are photographed the way they want them to be. So yeah, that's where I get my film out of it. Okay. Um, Along the lines of growing pains, like, have you ever thought about outsourcing editing? I actually do. Oh, yeah. you do outsource yeah. editing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I have been outsourcing my editing for three years now. Me and my editor oh, wow. are like friends. Oh. She lives in um, Canada, like by Vancouver side, oh, wow. okay. and I just like love her, and we can't wait to meet in person. Can you, can you share how you how do you guys transfer all these large files? <laughs> yeah. So she has her whole system set up. I just like morphed into it, but okay, um, okay. all through Dropbox. So basically, oh, oh, okay. instead of like uh, sending the full raw files of photos and stuff like that, we send the catalog, the Lightroom catalog. Gotcha. So she can edit more manageable. Yeah the actual photo wow it's just like pixels instead instead of like the actual raw metadata um i don't know the back end of it too much no no (laughs) i I think i think that's what happens when you like outsource a lightroom photo into photoshop and then save it and then it just like that's how i think the computer does it at least so it's like you're not sending these large files even between software exactly so that's how we do it um and we just like do it through Dropbox, we send it to each other. That's cool. Um, But yeah, she only does my wedding. So I'm still editing all of the engagement and like smaller sessions. And I also edit like 20. Is there a reason why? 
Um, she's just niche down to just, just do weddings. weddings. Like that's what she loves to do. So okay. that's what she offers. Um, she's also an editor for like I think like thirty other photographers around the states and Canada. Gotcha. So she's just got like a lot on her plate to do smaller sessions too. Gotcha. Um, but she's amazing, and I edit about like twenty percent of the gallery. Mm-hmm. I do like ink, what they call like anchor images. So I'll edit different parts of the day. So from getting ready to the ceremony to all the way to the reception. So then like, the editor has a feel of like where you're going for what you're going for, right? Yeah, okay. because like it's not like we can just and you know this like we can't just slap a filter and call it a day, right? Like there's presets, a lot of yeah. yeah presets, the lighting changes, like skin tones, all these things yeah. you have to worry about. So I edit about 20% of the gallery, just different random photos throughout the day. And then she will go through and edit the rest of them to match what I've already anchored. Um, So it's not like I don't touch the images at all. Um, But she definitely takes so much off of my plate for that. Um, And then she edits my associate wedding galleries as well. So I edit those 20% and then she edits the rest of them too. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, Victoria, we're coming up uh, hour 38. Um, Is there any other advice you would like to share for maybe up and coming wedding photographers? Yeah. Um, First of all, I know we talked about like getting said no to and stuff like that. Um, Shoot a lot of things for free if you need to or for very cheap when you're first starting out just to build that portfolio. I think it's really important to um, learn a lot of the behind the scenes mm. and like, you know, learn your camera really well, learn how to work with people and do it. I still do things for free, like styled shoots that I really want in my portfolio. Sure. I'll do that for free. So there's nothing wrong with doing things for free. Um, but yeah, when you start getting offered money, like don't be doing things for free all the time. Like you need to pay the bills. <laughs> um, another thing I feel like I've heard this before and I love this business advice in general um, is don't take advice from people who aren't doing what you're doing. Oh, man in the arena. Yeah. It's just like, it's so smart because like, I know everyone in my life is so well-intentioned and they mean well for me. But like when I was first starting off, they were so scared that I wanted to be my own business owner and not fall into the norm of like getting a nine to five and having a boss and stuff like that. And like, I remember my parents being like, you're going to have to work really hard. Like you're going to have to like set aside money for savings and you're going to have to pay for your own health insurance. And, they're very well intentioned in their fears. Um, and so now that you've made it and, and they're so proud, like okay. they're, they're so <laughs> proud and they're so amazed. But like, I, I feel like I just like wanted it bad enough. Right. And yeah. I took advice instead of being like, I don't know, not that my parents gave bad advice, but like other people just being like, Oh, like, are you, you're not going to make it if you can't do this or whatever. It's just like, well, you're not doing what I want to be doing. Like I want to be on the other end of this or whatever it is. So just take advice from people who have already done what you want to do because they know the road. Mm. Um, and they can give you actual meaningful, useful advice rather than just being like, Oh, well, you should have a good resume. I've never used a resume. Like other than my one corporate job, I have never used a resume. Like that advice means nothing to me as an entrepreneur. Do you, do you think you'll ever go back to the nine to five? No, not a desk job. Um, I think, I think, like I said, like maybe being an interior designer and right, like that right, kind of right. thing. But I, not that that's exactly what I want to do, but like something within a creative and people mm. realm, I would love to do. I can't do a desk job and just sit there and like push paper. I can't. <laughs> the office is not my lifestyle, but, um, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Advice. And also, um, yeah, just don't be afraid. I mean, like I, 
the whole reason I'm on this podcast is because I posted saying I want to get on a podcast. That's the goal. And look at us now. Like, I mean, don't be afraid to like talk about your dreams because it it can be scary when they're baby ideas and yeah. you know one negative comment could tear you down. Oh yeah. Um, but if you want it bad enough and you know you can do it, like don't be afraid to talk about it because again, the more I talked about like, oh, I'm a wedding photographer. I'm a photographer. I shoot this the more people will see you as that and then they'll refer you. Like that's right. how I got that word of mouth. So. Manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> I am so big on manifesting affirmations and gratitude. So that is speak it into existence. Every day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, where can people find you? Victoria? Um, they can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Victoria St. Martin. Yeah. Um, and that's St. Martin all spelled out S A I N T M A R T I N. Yeah. Um, my website, Victoria St. Martin photography.com. Um, and you can also find cultivate on Facebook. It's cultivate education. If okay. you want to join the community and the photographer workspace. Um, I run that with Mackenzie Bigliazzi as well. Um, her Instagram handles about the same thing. It's her name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just find us on there and we're excited to connect with you. Okay. Well, Victoria, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys this for tuning so in. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.